everybody. I'm Ryan Woods, and this is the End of the Woods podcast, and I have a finally have a guest. Finally got a guest, a two-year almost long odyssey, which included one Twitter DM and then one uh, another Twitter DM in which he finally answered. So I, I messaged him back in June of 2020. Um, I always promised guests on this podcast, and I finally got one. So look, you know, sometimes perseverance pays off. That's a lesson you can have, kids. Put that on a little on a little post-it note and stick it to the back of your computer or something, you know? Somewhere where you'll see it. So that's what we got this week. I have Eric Dunn. You might know him. My guest this week, you might know him from Vine. You might know him from the Dunn and Drew podcast. You might know him from his musical escapades, including, I think, A Very Done Christmas, was it called? I didn't look it up before this. I'm just doing that off memory. Uh, let's see. A Very a Merry Done Christmas. Um, songs like Santa Baby, My Parents Are Santa Claus, Side to Side, Cookies, and of course, Let Me Eat Your Ass on YouTube. He is also working now uh, with the his foundation, which is the head-on youth impact, which we get into. He's the obviously one half of the podcast, Dunn and Drew. Here he is, Mr. Eric Dunn. And I think I got one. Yeah, and I think I got one. Yeah, yeah, I got one. And I think I got one. Uh, uh, uh. Sometimes you gotta run. Got any old tweets that are gonna pop up? Read about those. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So today I have uh, Eric Dunn, special day on the End of the Woods podcast for me. Uh, we have Eric Dunn, somebody who I've been watching or following or whatever you want to call it for a long time. Uh, a song that I used to play every, almost every day for people to say how funny it was, was uh, it's called, a song called Let Me Eat. Uh, it's on YouTube. You could find it. Um, Everyone who I played it for looked at me with a little bit of a side eye after I played it for them, especially when I got a job at Chick-fil-A and, and I showed people <laughs> there. <laughs> so, so I have Eric Dunn uh, here. You might know him from the Dunn and Drew podcast. You might know him from as an internet personality, and you might know him from Sad Jaguars fan uh, mm. online. So that's one thing we have in common um, is sad football histories as I root for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we have a very similar trajectory in our fandom where we have that one season we hold on to mine being 2020 yours being 2017 i presume where you had that one year where it looked like things were turned around and then it all comes comes right back so yeah that's our, that's our one it's 2020 man like y'all beat the steelers and lost to the chiefs i think in that game y'all should y'all could have won that game because chiefs that was the game when chad henny came in right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so. they ran for 14 yards on the, on the third <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah that was that was a good run for browns fans but hey I, it's looking up it's i still looking up. i still jump into like uh it was a last night every time i'm scrolling through tiktok and i see a live and i i like i interact with a lot of like sports tiktoks so i get these like lives where it's just fans who are sitting in some crazy fan room. And last night I saw one where like Steelers fans were in there and I just was like, Hey, did you guys watch the Browns beat the Steelers in this playoff in this room with all these like big banners and stuff on the wall? 
and they're like, yeah, you have that one playoff win, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I still love making these guys mad. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, man. You, you, as fans that don't win a lot, you have to hold on to that one, <laughs> that one win that you can just dog people with, pun intended. You, you know, I had, <laughs> you know, I had one moment last year where I was watching a Jags game or I saw a highlight of it was the Jamal Agnew game against the Cardinals where he ran back the kick and it was yeah. like before half. And I knew they were going to lose that game because I'd seen that game a million times with the Browns where mm-hmm. you get a big where you're like up at halftime and there was like a big defensive play or special teams play. And you're like, Oh, we're, this is the game. Like something crazy happened well for us. And then, and then they put together a drive like right out of half. And then you're like, all right, well, that's no big deal. We can put together a quick drive and then it's either a turnover or a quick three and out. And then it's tie game. And you're like, Oh, oh wow. well, we, we had missed the extra point after that kick return too. <laughs> yeah, so I forgot about that. when, when that happens, you're like, all right, there's the sign that tells me not to get hype anymore. Cause <laughs> There have been so many Browns get bad football is scoring a touchdown fast and then missing the extra point and be like, oh, this is going to be a long day. Yeah. Like, nothing... one, the, the missed extra points are the omens for football fans. Like if you're missing the extra points after a, a really good play, then just keep your hopes down because it's not going to look good the rest of the game. It never and I think, good. and I think we, we missed more in that game as well because it was a weird score at the finish, but whatever. Last year is a waste of my life. For Jacksonville has that been that's been a lot of years so I've, I've I've wasted years yeah last year though was probably the the most wasted I've ever seen because after like Urban got canned mid-season all the articles of interviews he did afterwards of him talking about his experience he should have never been hired in the first place you know yeah doesn't that and you were excited I remember you posted some video where I don't even I remember it was like ain't no stopping us now you might have used that song <laughs> And yeah. you post this video because you had Trevor Lawrence, Urban Urban Meyer, and it was like Urban Meyer finally comes to the NFL. Browns fans have been wanting Urban Meyer for years. I've always kind of been off Urban Meyer because he kind of – I feel like he's kind of a narcissist, but you might have mm-hmm. to be. But uh, I think we figured that out too in that bar in Columbus. But anyways, no, no need to talk about Urban Meyer. Uh, I want to ask you a few questions. I pulled some stuff up. People say the internet's a bad place. You know this. You're on Twitter. And they post the memes and they go, the internet – is um, if the internet didn't exist and it's that really futuristic photo. Do you, I don't think the, if without the internet, I'm not talking to you now because I actually wanted to go to college at FAU because of oh, you. Yeah? I didn't go. I wasn't smart enough. I was never going to get in because I was, I didn't try very hard in high school. Oh yeah. But it all worked out for me. I, I would have been, it, it been out of state tuition and all that anyway, too, probably. Yeah. Probably we, don't have that, we don't have that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> It would probably been the same as the private university, but when I applied to FAU, there were, the requirements were pretty low because it was a brand. It wasn't brand new school, but it wasn't as big as the other Florida universities. So I got into FAU with a two point five GPA at high school. So oh, that was around that was around uh, mine. I think I was like two point four something. Yeah, but uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off with no. your question. No, did you when you do these and you do stuff like now with like you meet people. I saw you guys had Jackson DeVille on, which was really funny with the mascot and stuff on Dun and Drew, which is your podcast. Do you, do you find it that the internet has like, you guys did these giveaways and stuff with the Jacksonville games and you're doing something now. We'll get to your, um, you put together a foundation. I saw where you're a part of, do you think that the, the internet has been a net gain for you? Like, I know you do a lot of stuff. This is kind of like a weird question because it seems deep, but it's not you've met so many people on the internet. Do you think 
that the internet is like has been a net positive for you. I know you didn't want to talk about the vines like a long time ago. I remember people were like, oh, the vines and the vines. And I'm like, well, I mean, the vines were who you were and yeah. how people found you. So did have you found that it's been a good thing for you to get popular on Vine and now like later on it's it's been the same or did you think it was so much like a uh like a just kind of is what it is kind of thing? There's I don't think there's anything negative that you know transpired from me blowing up on Vine. I think everything's you know, been pretty positive. I think the people that say the internet's bad or probably just have uh, recency bias because uh, when Trump was president, like that's when social media really took a turn for the worse because media was fighting each other, people were fighting each other, and it all went to hell. And that's when like we started seeing all this crap happening, you know, since 2013 to now. Like, if you look at the type of content that was posted then versus now, uh, a lot of people have just gotten softer and it's been less than a decade. So um, I'm not sure what to exactly attribute that to, but I have seen how the internet has changed over the years where people have gotten more sensitive. And maybe it's because the older generation thinks uh, people think a certain way and maybe the younger generation is you know, pushing that, I have no idea, but we've seen it happen. But um, there, the negative things that are out here are promoted much more than the positive things that are out here. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes it think that, that's what makes it feel like there's more negative in the world than positive. And there is, don't get me wrong, but there is a ton of positive out there, but people just don't focus on that because this world is driven by money and what what brings in the clicks and the engagement is all the negative stuff and the stuff that's going to make people get attitudes and aggravated so it's really a psychological mind game that you know people are playing on the internet well you'll i i've noticed that where like now because i obviously watched baseball and opening day was yesterday and uh certain sports stations around where I live here in Cleveland will post like, what do you think about the new guardians nickname? And that post will have thousands of comments of people. It'll be from whatever kind of the most, the most like racy comments in the world to the most like, Oh, I love the nickname. Like it's the most, the biggest spectrum like you're talking about. And then they'll post something else like the guardians lose and nobody will comment. And they just want, it's almost so much like, what is the reaction we can get? And the negative reaction gets so much play online. And I do think it did start with, I think Trump's influence on the internet is bigger than his influence in politics. Like I don't, the politics, whatever, like I don't, we don't have to get into that, but the, um, the influence he had where now I see politicians who post these like ads, I don't even know if there's an election coming up. That's how far off I am. There's ads that'll be posted where they're literally name calling because he name called. Mm-hmm. like now nah, there's somebody running here in Ohio and he says it's like literally he's pro-Trump and he name calls like dirty whatever his name is like dirty Dan like he's literally playing on the Spongebob joke yeah. and <laughs> we, we we hadn't had a president that was that active on Twitter before that acted the way he did on Twitter before it was personally too. something yeah he was very personal and direct and we'd never seen that before and I think that played a huge part in how the landscape of the internet changed and how people acted on it. So, um, but to your point, the 
internet for me personally, I can only attribute my successes to the internet because yeah. that's where it literally started was making videos and posting them to a world. And that world in turn then followed me and was helped me rise to whatever you want to call what I'm doing now, um, my career. So um, because I've been in it so long, I see the negatives, I see the positives, but I'm going to be the person that's promoting the positive. And the only negative that I really post out there, it'll always be jokingly, like that's what just my internet personality, but I will always talk shit to people about sports. You know, yeah. like I will, I will not be kind to people in regards to their sports fandom or their attitude towards my teams. And that's just how sports is, you know, it's a beef. So um, I don't mean any harm to the people that I talk to negatively about sports. It's all just in fun on Twitter and I'm probably never going to meet those people, but <laughs> I think uh, that's just the culture of sports talking shit and uh, getting people riled up and uh, hoping that you have a leg to stand on and <laughs> something to back up your claims. So um, I usually just try to stay within the sports realm subjects on social media because I'm not very educated in all sure. of the different you know political things that are out here or how society works which with like the wages and the income and all of these yeah. other things that are out here so I don't get too involved in those conversations I can just offer up my experiences and and provide testimony on a personal level but I won't talk about it in the macro sense because even though my uh, major was economics I, I can't speak on <laughs> any of that you know so that's how I play the internet. And, you know, I just try to make my pages, the ones I post from be a fun space, a creative space where people don't have to, you know, get their day ruined by negatively or angrily replying to things I say, because my page makes them hate themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I will. The sports thing is funny. Cause I remember I, I live with my girlfriend now and sometimes I'll just be sitting there on my phone and she's like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you typing about? So fast. I'm like, oh, I'm arguing sports, but I'm just like, so I'm just standing there just typing away as fast as I can, like getting my takes off because I, I just want to argue because you said that's what sports are. And yeah. I think, I think some people do take like, I've never taken anything personally. Cause I know once they go to the personal thing, I'm like, all right, well I win. Cause I get made fun of for my hairline. I made fun of for my, you know, I have a fat face and they make fun of me. And I'm like, oh, okay, this one's over. I got to find somebody else to mess with. And so I get, I'll go in like Twitter spaces, especially when the Browns were trading for Deshaun Watson and the whole situation was going on. I would just jump in these big Twitter spaces request and then just like act, like act up and be like, you guys are so wrong about this. You have no idea what you're talking about. There was a period there. Remember when Deshaun Watson said no to the Browns. Mm -hmm. And then there was that whole Friday. So it was like three days in between maybe two or three days where everybody was having these Twitter spaces and they were debating like Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston and all these like bad quarterbacks, basically just like bad. And yeah. I go, okay. I'm like, Oh, this is where we're at. And I go and I'm like, this is where we're at guys. We're going to do this again with bad quarterbacks. We're just going to get rid of a bad quarterback. According to you people, we're going to do it again. They're like, what is your problem with us? Why do you keep coming in here and arguing? I'm like, because you guys are talking about Marcus Mariota. What yeah. are you talking about? That's why <laughs> you, you have a bad take. I don't want to see Marcus Mariota. I don't want to yeah. see these guys. And obviously he turned around because uh, Deshaun, $230 million. Yeah, change, which, he changed his mind. <laughs> which he clearly said he he's like, contract had nothing to do with it. I'm like, yeah, I, I bet. Sure. 
Yeah, sure. Sure, Deshaun. <laughs> after after you just paid all these legal fees, I'm sure yeah. the money had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I'm sure it had not, nothing to do with getting away for $230 million. Um, let's talk about the, your Jags experience. You've been doing these giveaways. And why don't you talk about your start uh, with the Jags? You started doing the Sad Jags fan. I do this Browns where I drink after the games because if they, they drive you to drink, whether it's good or bad. I will always say about the Browns, they are the most entertaining product in the world. They will never win in a normal way and they will never lose in a normal way. They can't just, they can't just like lose 40 to nothing. They have to lose 24, 22 with some five interception game where they also intercept the guy three times. And you're like, okay, well, this is how <laughs> we're going like, they come so close and then they yeah. lose or they'll win in some crazy fashion. I was at a Monday night football game where they got in field goal range and they had the kick six, they had the kick blocked and run back and they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. And it was a tie game. They could have just, yeah, and taken I remember it that game. Yeah. It was horrible. I I Jordan, the- Jordan Poirier's facing the sideline. It cut to that. <laughs> I remember that very vividly. Yeah, of course. Jordan Poirier, a uh, internet celebrity because of his football career and maybe who he was dating. She was a big star here in Cleveland. Uh, people yeah. loved her online. It was almost, you, it- you, you know, I, I match made them. Really? Did you know that? <laughs> How did that happen? After that game you just talked about, when the cameras cut to Poyer, I posted Poyer's, I posted that screen clip on Twitter, and I said, why this guy look like Steph Curry? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Rachel Bush, she went to FAU, so she was following me, and she replied to me, I think it was a DM, she was like, who is that? And she might have said it, replied to me publicly, but she asked, who was that? And I said, it's Jordan Poyer. So she was obviously attracted to him. So she re- <laughs> she slid in his DMs. And the next thing you know, they're dating and they got married. Yeah, and they're they married. Me to their wedding. <laughs> you went to their wedding? Yeah, in that's 2017. Pretty- wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, they, they got married a day before my birthday. So wow, it's a it's a crazy story. That is a yeah, that's a crazy story. See, the internet's not so bad after all. People get married. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Poyer met his wife on Twitter <laughs> because of you making a joke joke about his yeah flabbergasted face. If I never watched that game, they might not even be married right now. So the internet right. is crazy. That is a that's a crazy thought. Um, but we'll talk about. I guess we could talk about the Jags. Nobody talks about the Jags at all. Yeah. They, draft, they have the number that's one. Why, that's why I do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is a niche. Uh, they, nobody, they have that number one pick for two years in a row. You started doing these like sad Jags fans and you actually got linked up with the Jags and started doing like promos. And I tried so badly to win one of those giveaways last year. Oh, 2020. Yeah. When, yeah. Whenever you're doing those giveaways. And I was like, the, the trip giveaways. Yes. Yeah. The games. yeah last year. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I want to go to these games. So I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to explain that I'm getting on a plane to go to a Jags game. No one's going to understand, <laughs> but I'm going to try to win these games. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like not winning or whatever. So how did you, who reached out to you to get that partnership going? His name's Chris Ebrio. He's a Jags fan as well. He had an extra ticket. Uh, the first giveaway we did, he had an extra ticket to the game. And he wanted to do a raffle for, he wanted to raffle it off. And he was, he was a, a former patient at a hospital here in Jacksonville. So every year he raises money for these hospitals and gives back to them because he understands the struggle of being a kid in a hospital around the holidays. Cause he was once one. So um, he wanted to raise more money last year and he saw, you know, the social media presence I had and thought 
with my help, he could raise much more last year, which we did, but yeah. this is how uh, we started it. So I said, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's, let's do that. So um, we promoted the raffle for the Seattle game, raised $2,000. We brought a guy out who donated 10 bucks and, and we got him out yeah. there. Um, but that's why we promote it so much because it's like, you only have to donate, you know, this much money and you could possibly win all expense paid trip to come hang with us at a game. Um, it's a good return on investment and the money goes to the charity. So, um, after we did the Seattle game, he was like, let's do it again. So we did it for the Patriots game in January and we raised double. Uh, so we raised a total of $6,000 and, um, after we did that, he came to me again in January and said, oh, let's create a nonprofit for doing this. Cause last year we just did it independently on our own. So he was like, let's do a nonprofit this time. And I was like, sure. sounds good. So we just got the nonprofit incorporated with the state of Florida and uh, it's all official and stuff now. So we made a logo, made social media pages. We're working on a website and we're working on opening a bank account. Um, but our first raffle this year is for the NFL draft at the end of the month. And that's going to be a huge, huge, huge one. It'll probably be the biggest one this year outside of London because we're going to do the London game too. Wow. Um, uh, but you'll hear, you heard it here first. We're going to do the, the London raffle from May to August because obviously we don't want to promote it like during the season because you got to, <laughs> you got to plan London. So, <laughs> and you got to get, uh, if I don't, I don't have a passport that can fly. So yeah. I have to get one. Yeah, yeah. So we want to give people the opportunity to get that all taken care of because that game is usually in October. So right. the raffle will end right up into the Canton game because the Jags are in the Canton game. So we've got about four or five trips planned for the raffle this year. We're hoping to get a lot of sponsors involved. So there's not so much money out of our pocket because last year we funded all the trips. You know, we didn't take the money that was raised and use it to buy people's you know, yeah. plane tickets and stuff. We funded it with our own money. So um, we're hoping that this year uh, we don't have to do that as much and we get some sponsors involved now that we're an actual incorporated nonprofit. So that's how it started. Another positive thing of the internet. Man. Yeah. This guy just reached out to me in a DM and said, well, in 2019, that's how we met. He reached out to me in a DM because he's a truck driver and he travels a lot. So he knew I was going to the Falcons game. And we linked out a Falcons game in 2019, Jags were playing. So that's how we initially met. And then, you know, over the years, we just stayed in contact. You know, the pandemic came, so it was less of contact. And then now that we came out of it and we had extra tickets to Seattle game, he reached out to me and told me about, you know, all the hospital stuff that he does with charity and then took it from there. And we're excited to see where it goes this year as our first year as a nonprofit. And hopefully you can win. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I can. Do you think there's a, this is a little bit, a little bit lighter of a question. Do you think there is a correlation in being a bad football team and having fans that party really hard at tailgates? No, I think it's just a, a football culture thing or sports culture thing because uh, people are just diehard fans of their team, whether good or bad. You see the Browns fans, they were bad for 20 years and they're, but they par we party. party like crazy. I remember you guys post those videos where you guys slap the bag of fireball and then do it or whatever it was. And you guys put the shot and whatever. And I remember those yeah, videos, yeah. like you guys part, I'm like, these guys party. And I'm like, well, the bills at the time were bad. Now they're not, but hmm. they were bad and they would party. Like you'd hear about these bills tailgates and they break those tables, which by the way are expensive. Yeah. Those folding tables. Yeah, those are, <laughs> they're like $85. So I can't, really? 
Well, I was at a, I don't know. I mean, they were, I was at the local Menards and they were $85. They probably upcharge them because they know they're going to get broken. (laughs) (laughs) If you use tape, somebody brings a table and those are going to get split in half, but they're breaking tables. They were bad for a long time. I feel like, I feel like we're bad. We party hard. Yeah. But I feel like if we're good, we're going to go party harder. harder. Yeah. Party (laughs) harder. That That makes sense. I remember going to games where people wouldn't even make it in. So we have this thing. That happens. Yeah, we will walk by and there'll be people sleeping under cars and it'll be cold outside. Like when they wake up, they're gonna have some like issues. Like that'll be a problem. Yeah, if they, if they wake up, of course. So for us, we we have people that don't make it to the game because they're dehydrated from how hot it is early <laughs> early uh, fall when football season starts in Florida. Yeah. Do you what what is the tailgate scene? Like, do you guys have a certain lot that you guys go to? Because we have the Muni lot is what it's called yeah, here. We have, so it's just lots all around the football stadium, mostly on the east side of the stadium. That's where most of the lots are. And then on the west side, it's parking lots. Uh, so most people party around the east side of the stadium because there's not, it's not like Cincinnati where there's bars like right down the road from Correct. it. It's all just, you know, grass and industrial and, parking and because like on the west side it's parking and then you have arena baseball baseball field tv station and like one or two bars and then on the other side it's nothing (laughs) it's just (laughs) you know industrial parking lots and grass so there's nothing over there so everybody tailgates on that side of the stadium yeah that makes sense do you so let me go back i'm going to go back in time really quick because we went a little bit further do you think when was the moment where you, you get on Vine? What you just start making videos, like just kind of being silly with your friends, or was that yep. how it started, or was it that was it? That was it. <laughs> I downloaded <laughs> the app and I just started making videos. That's literally it. Yeah. What was the no, video that? What no, was the video no, that? I had no. I had no plan. I had no direction. I was just like, I have this app and I'm going to make videos on it. Well, that was the, I think that's what people forget now where it's all overproduced or if you don't have like, like TikToks and in, even Instagram reels now are so people are using like HD cameras to film them. They're like edited really well. That was the wild west of videos where you literally just take us, there was production value like you guys would do skits. It was small skits, but it was just, here's the phone. Just let's just make this video really quickly. Yeah, and, and it was with, with the original Vine format, you weren't able to look at the thing you shot. Like, right. you had to hit, you had to finish it first. <laughs> you couldn't see your clips. <laughs> so you had to finish your video first, rewatch it. And if there was a clip that, you know, you accidentally hit the screen, like two, one, one second, two extra, you had to film it all over again. So it really was the... Uh, ancient times of video creation but the most production that went into it in the early early years of vine was the camera work and the camera angles that's that's how you made it uh, a cinematic experience for people until people started editing them um but uh what was the question oh i was just bringing up that it was like the dark ages of video editing like where now everyone has an app where they could edit their like i I could edit this in five minutes and make it look really good and all this stuff add music yeah transitions but 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 that's that's how you know that's how things progress you know yeah things 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 get better over time so it's good that we're not still in the you know old (laughs) recording ages and people have hd now and 4k and can make it nice and pretty but 
with that, people also think that they have to be that good yeah. to, to be a creator when they don't have to, because a lot of your success is just going to come from you as a person more so than the content that you're editing. Things obviously look better when they're edited, but you don't have to overproduce your content. People will, if you go to like some big YouTube channels, they're probably just sitting in front of a microphone and talking, you know, like people follow people for personality and entertainment more so than editing. The editing helps. So if yeah. you have all three, then obviously you're going to be successful, but you don't have to focus on the editing part so much. You just have to make sure that your content is engaging and doesn't bore people. And you have to, you know, you have to keep people's attention. That's, that's the formula for uh, success. You know, after consistency, obviously you have to make sure that people are entertained yeah. when they come to your page and they need to be entertained quick because the attention span is very, very small right now. Very small. What? Yeah. When you bring that up, I know a lot of people who like, I've been doing this for a little while and it wasn't good for a long time. I, I always remember the quote, it was from Bill Simmons who does the Bill Simmons podcast and from ESPN and the ringer he did where he would say, you need 10,000 hours behind a microphone to get good at it. And so I just started posting these podcasts that I would do where it was literally just me by myself and I would sit and talk for an hour and I would listen back and I would hate myself by the end of it. Cause I'm like, well, mm -hmm. that, that really sucked. But then like I heard that podcast where he's like, we need 10,000 hours of practice. And it felt like he was talking to me, but it wasn't. This is how self-absorbed I am. And I remember thinking like, oh, 10,000 hours, like, I, I better get to work. So I would just post like these podcasts. And I remember getting texts from people that are like, did you think that was funny? And I'm like, uh, yeah, kind of. And they're like, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I, I didn't laugh one time. Like People were like brutally, I was like, be brutally honest. Like I didn't laugh a, a single time. And I'm like, oh damn, uh, I got to get better yeah. at this. And so then now, like when people tell me that it's funny, it it's over the, I'm over the moon about it. So like you, what you're saying is right. You got to be consistent. Cause you're not just going to be good. The first, first time you put this on or whatever, you're not, or just, uh, record something. You're not going to be good at it until you have that a little bit of practice, unless you're just, I mean, some people aren't, but not everybody. Yeah. I don't even know where he came up with 10,000 hours. It seems like a very random number to say. It does. <laughs> it does seem like a lot, but I, I made it my point to just like, I'm going to record an hour a week. And then yeah. the pandemic started, didn't have a lot to talk about because nothing was happening. Like to me, you know, you just talk about your personal experiences. And then I was like, I didn't want to do sports the whole time because mm -hmm. the sports thing is so saturated. I, I felt like at the time and I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? And I didn't have a partner or anything. So I was like, I'm just going to do this. And that's but, how you got to do it. You yeah. Know, you just got to start. Yeah. You just got, you just got to start who, what made you start with the done? Let's talk about Dun and drew a bit before I let you go. When did you guys start that? What was the, were you guys just two fans that met up? Were you guys lifelong friends? How did that go? And, and what is that about now? If you want to tell I went to high school with drew. Um, he's, he was much more into Jags football than I was in high school and college. <laughs> But I think it's because he went to, he was in college in Daytona and then he went to UNF. So he was in the city. I went to college down in Boca Raton and then became Vine famous. So my mind wasn't really around Jags football as much as it is now. So when he talks about, or if you listen or watch our podcast, you'll see that he'll talk more in depth about players and how NFL business works 
and past NFL Jags players. And I'm just kind of the color commentator because I'm not into that side of the, the whole league. I'm more like, this is my team. These are the rules of football. Can we win? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, we, we, uh, we work together well because of that, but yeah, we uh, went to high school together. We weren't best friends, but we were in the same friend circle. We had like a big, like 15 or so group of dudes who were all knew each other and had like, you know, pockets of friends in it, you know, the high school shit, but um, he was in that. And um, I remember, I believe it was 2016. He asked me if I wanted to do a podcast with him. Um, We had gone to Jags tailgates previously together. I had never had season tickets. I would just show up to games occasionally and, and turn up with him at the games. And that's how we grew, you know, a more close friendship that way just going to games and stuff but um i remember first telling him that i didn't want to do it because i was still in school um but then when i graduated uh we started it i was like yeah let's do it and we started our podcast during the western conference finals of 2017 with spurs uh warriors and the warriors swept them (laughs) the last the last great Kawhi game yep um after Kawhi got the Zaza Petrulia injury that was that's when we started our podcast so I was in shambles our first few episodes Um, which we we lost like our first I want to say 80 or 90 episodes because we were doing them on SoundCloud and at the end of every episode we would put an entire song so Universal Music Group copyrighted us on SoundCloud you know we we got one copyright strike on SoundCloud then we got another one then we got a third one but we weren't getting warnings, you know, this happened much later after they were already posted. Um, So I guess Universal Music Group was just finding them. And I was like, dang, when I saw the first one, I was like, dang, we got a copyright strike for this. I was like, why do we do this? (laughs) And then, you know, these episodes were already posted. So then another email came that we got a second one. And I was like, Andy, I think we're about to lose all our episodes because... (laughs) we definitely have another song from this company in one of these episodes and lo and behold, we got a third one and they deleted our channel and we lost all of our episodes because SoundCloud was our source back then. Yes. I don't think anchor was around yet. So we were using SoundCloud. I use anchor now. Anchor (laughs) saved me because I was doing the same thing. I remember it was, I did like a Halloween episode where I led in with thriller and somebody, somebody like came up to me and was like, aren't you worried about like a copyright thing? And I'm like, no, not anymore. <laughs> we yeah. yeah, not anymore. I was when I was I was on SoundCloud as well, because the odyssey of this getting you to this podcast started as you saw the DM. I messaged you on June twenty second of twenty twenty. I was like, "Hey, come on the podcast," because I'll I'll reach out to everybody. There's going to be if this ever takes off for me, which it may or may not. There will mm-hmm. be a Nobel Peace Prize in perseverance coming my way for how many people either don't respond or say no or go, who the hell are you? Or well, that's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just going to reach out to everybody and people. I was at an Easter like a year, two years ago now, maybe three now. Cause we haven't had Easter. And somebody was like, so what do you do? might've been Thanksgiving. doesn't matter. And he, they were like, so what do you do? How do you get guests? I'm like, well, nobody wants to come on. So if you know anybody, let them know they can come on. And they're like, what do you mean? Nobody wants to come on. I was like, well, who am I? 
And they're like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. And they were, so I go back and once you said you'll go on any small podcast on Twitter, I was like, almost had the secondhand hand embarrassment. Can't talk uh, of like, oh, wow. He's going to see, if he sees this new original DM, he's going to see my last one finally. And I'll feel pretty, pretty funny about that. But you follow me on Twitter. So that's a, that was a big, big boost for my ego. I didn't yeah, remember yeah. doing that. <laughs> I don't either. Back in during Vine, I would just follow people who interacted with me. Oh, I would so. just reach out. Cause I was like, I told this is how I might be the, I'll find anything new and I'll go like, this is the best thing. Like, this is the funniest thing or whatever. And I think I'm the only one who's ever seen it because it's just, you're like sitting there watching videos. You're like, Oh, I must be the only people person that knows about this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd go to school. I drive this kid to school and I was like, you got to look up because vine was big and, and YouTube and stuff. And like, now your compilations are on, on YouTube. Um, compilations could be a word for something else we want. We won't go there on this PG. <laughs> and he, uh, I was like, you got to look this up. And he's sitting there. I remember we were driving to school. I'm driving in my dad's Ford Explorer. And he would sit there and he was just looking. And he's like not reacting. I'm, and I'm like sitting there dying laughing. I'm like, these are so funny. Isn't that funny? Like, you're like, I'm running through white, white people neighborhoods and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is the funniest stuff. And he's like, yeah, I don't get it, dude. Can we just go to school at seven o'clock in the morning? <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> that's why that's why i was a younger generation man they they found that funny not parents <laughs> no people people did not parents did not find it funny because my parents would be like what do you even watch what are you doing on your phone i'm like oh i'd watch this stuff and whatever it was at the time and they, and they just don't they just don't get it but we yeah. are different in age like you were in college like that's what i'm saying i was like oh college looks like a blast you mm -hmm. just slap slap tea off of tables when with your friends <laughs> Well, that was in that was in my parents' house, but yeah, the, <laughs> the the college vlogs that I was doing, I was definitely making college seem really lit. And we went to FAU, so it wasn't even like going to a Big Ten school or an SEC school. So, right. like, we were showing how lit it was just at a little school at FAU. Imagine going to a bigger school. So, we were we were only scratching the surface on what college could be like for people. <laughs> but scratching the surface in Florida, though, there's no rules in Florida. People know this example yeah. Flor florida man no rules yeah no rules but you'll go to jail but uh <laughs> yeah college in south florida is a blast so I, I don't know how you could not make that look like a good time <laughs> yeah you pan pan in on palm trees and it's 75 degrees every day yeah, yeah it's, nice. hey, it's uh fau's got a phrase called um uh, something in paradise because it's on their basketball court it says paradise on their basketball court so before i let you go I will talk Jags football with you. What prediction for this season? Doug Peterson, who I liked, Browns legend Doug Peterson. People forget he started games for the Browns, I think, in 2001 or 1999. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he was one of the, he's on the jersey, is all I'm saying, that they post every time we switch quarterbacks. I actually like Doug Peterson. I think he got a raw deal with the Eagles, neither here nor there. What are your thoughts this season coming in for the Jags? I think we're going to be four or five win team. And I don't think that's, you know, crazy thing to say, given what happened last year. I feel like last year, like our players learned nothing. They learned nothing. I don't think, I don't think they improved at all in their games. Like last year was a wash. It was a waste of a season. And they were just out there collecting their game day checks. Um, so 
everything's totally new again. So all those players are starting over. There's new players in here now. So a bunch of new players in here now from the free agency that the Jags did. It was, yeah. a, it was a lot, you know, brand new coaching staff again. Um, so it's all brand new again. So do I think we're going to come in automatically just beat all the teams that we're playing? Absolutely not. We, we play maybe Lions, Jets, Texans we could beat. But even last year, Texans put up 30 on us in both games. So I can't even say that with confidence. So I'm saying four to five wins that most Jags fans, you ask them, they'll be happy. Like practical Jags fans will be happy with four to five wins because that's an improvement from three last year. And we shouldn't even have three last year. I don't even know how we got three. And beat the Bills. And one of those one of those was a Bills win with yeah. no touchdown scored. So uh, defense really held that one down there. So. Uh, we'll see what happens with this draft. I feel like maybe the first three or four picks in our draft could end up playing this season, uh, especially the first overall pick would be would be playing this season, depending on who that is. It's right now probably Hutchinson or Neal, but I'm mostly just looking forward to the raffles we're doing with the charity. I'm, more, I'm mostly just uh, interested in the business side of the season ahead because I'm not expecting the Jags to have this tremendous season. So I'm looking forward to the raffles we're doing with the nonprofit. I'm looking forward to going to away games and checking off more stadiums on the bucket list, but I'm not getting hype about a winning season and I'm not getting hype about football in general, because after last season ended, I was like, I need this break from football because the team ruined me last year. So Oh, might have lost you. Hold on. I might have lost you. Do you hear me? You hear me? I got you now. Got you. Yeah. My, well, I tried to look up your uh, head on youth impact is the cha- is the uh, charity foundation you're speaking about. Um, I would like to ask you a few questions about it. Um, so what are the way games you're going to i want to if you ever come to i don't think the jags play the browns this year no we Um, don't i don't think this no we play we play the ravens because they were last in the afc north yeah begrudgingly we could have we could have got you we got i think y'all had the same record as them almost so correct we just just had the tiebreaker yeah we beat them and then we beat the Bengals twice and the Bengals beat them twice so that was the tiebreaker uh, division yeah. record. Other, otherwise, we would have you. <laughs> yeah, and then if you would have come, so if you ever make it to a Browns game, um, you get we got a tailgate together. I will go to that Browns Jags game. The last time the Jags were here, I'm pretty sure Josh Gordon caught for like 215 yards receiving. Which I think it was, was uh, I think it was 2020 year where they where they the Browns was... went to the Browns went to Jacksonville in 2020. Okay. Oh, maybe no. Maybe it, the Jags had come and played Deshaun Kaiser, mm. and they we went zero and seven. I just I remember playing them in twenty twenty. I just don't remember where it was. I'm pretty sure we went there because I didn't go to that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to ask about this NFL draft experience in Vegas. The draft is in Vegas. Uh, you want to tell them how they could win all that stuff before you go? Yeah. So this is our first raffle. Like I mentioned, Head On Youth Impact is the name of the charity raising money for children's hospitals. Um, your donation goes to the hospitals and we're asking for a minimum $20 that gets you three raffle tickets. 
every additional $20 you send us, we'll throw in one more raffle ticket there. Uh, or you could just throw us 100 and we'll give you 10 raffle tickets. And the way we're doing this one is different from the last two we did. So we're going to have spin the wheel in your name. That's the land on your name three times. So I don't know. We talked back and forth about how we can make this competitive for people and the probability and all that crap. So we're, we said, we'll see, land on your name three times, then that's a for sure winner, you know, instead yeah. of just instead of just rolling it once for how many people would donate. We said three times, that means destiny's in your hands. You get to come to Vegas. So with that donation, you don't have to pay for anything except for when you get there and you make your own itinerary outside of the things that we've already got going on for you. But you're going to have two tickets to the draft round one near the stage. Um, you're going to get access to the 12 hour all inclusive draft party on round one night. So you can go to the draft for it starts at noon. So you can hang out at the draft party at noon, go to the draft, watch however many picks you want, then come back to the party and the party's till midnight. And it's Vegas, so don't party don't stop at midnight. You can, yeah. go, you can go till midnight next day if you want to. You don't even have to go no to clocks. bed. No clocks. Yeah, there's, there's no clocks. They're they're shut off. There's just <laughs> there's just Apple watches, so you can see your texts if, you, if your phone dies. But you no, know, your text from your bank account let you know you're empty. Yeah, that too. But <laughs> yeah, you get a round trip flight. You get a three night stay in a Vegas hotel. You get the draft tickets. You get access to the um, draft party. And there will be NFL players at this draft party. Don't know when they're going to come in. You know, they'll probably be in and out like most people there since it's re-entry, like get your wristband, you come back in. So it's going to be a fun time. And that's the first night of the draft and it's on a Thursday. So you have all the rest of the weekend to, to party and, and turn up. So um, and with a $20 to $100, you know, investment that goes to charity, I think that's a good deal for anybody that would win. Yeah, so it includes a round trip flight for two, three nights in Vegas hotel, two round one NFL draft stage tickets, the 12 hour party you're talking about at the Lena Link Hotel. Yeah, the Link. And NFL player meet and greet, of course, like you had said. So that you can go to the Head on Youth Impact Instagram page. Um, yes. Donate. And yeah. Yeah, the uh, Venmo is Head on underscore Youth Impact, and the Cash App has no underscore. The Cash App's just. Head on Youth Impact. Head on Youth Impact is the charity, and you'll see Eric's face in the second photo. He's doing a video. Um, so that's perfect. All right, man. I appreciate yeah. this a lot. Um, you can follow Eric at Eric V Dunn underscore. I've been following Eric for a long time. When he has 138,000 Instagram followers, I was probably in the first 10,000, if I had to yeah. guess. <laughs> like if, I, if I really had to put a number on it, I could probably, you know, you can look up your likes and comments now. Oh, really? Yeah, like on Instagram, if you go to your settings, it has like your first likes and comments and it shows you you can go oh, wow. all the way back in time. So I got my Instagram page and I looked and I was really I'm I was really a big wrestling fan when I got Instagram and I'd only follow wrestling accounts. And I wanted to I didn't, but I wanted to delete comments that I would put on like wrestlers pages because I would comment. Like it was like seven hundred weeks ago. I commented mm -hmm. like love love you to some random wrestler that I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> so, and i definitely liked a bunch of your photos and videos at the time so this is great man i appreciate this so much hey no problem glad i could get on here it's been uh two years in the making <laughs> <laughs> two years can you can you answer my dm faster than two years next, this next time yeah i got you <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't remember what i was doing when you sent that but we're in, here 20, now. in 2020 where were you in june 
inside the house probably because that was the uh, height of the pandemic yeah just waiting (laughs) the pandemic ended in florida early they stopped caring about it in the middle of i know but it was it was still going they they actually stopped caring about it in may so (laughs) i don't know what i was doing yeah okay big thank you to eric dunn big thank you to you for listening and big thank you to me for finally getting the guest you know it all comes around for me maybe it's turning up Maybe it's looking up for your boy. Maybe we're going to get this shit pointed in the right direction. So you guys know what to do. Go ahead and follow me at the links below. Um, subscribe, rate, and review. I will see you all next week, probably by myself, maybe solo, maybe not. Who knows? You know, maybe I got more in the works. You never know with me. And not knowing is half the fun. You don't know, so you come back to find out. You got to wonder what's going on over there. And you'll know. Maybe you someday you'll know. So who knows? You know? (laughs) Who knows? You know. That was Eric Dunn. This was the Eden of the Woods podcast. I'm Ryan Woods. See you next week. Bye.